Dennis Stewart, we've been on an anti-aging campaign over the last few weeks. And last week we talked about ginkgo biloba mm. as being a, a good Western herb that mm. uh, counters aging or has the potential to mm. do so. But you want to talk about a different one, a European herb today. I do, Jane. I want to look at the importance of hawthorn, both hawthorn berry and hawthorn flowers and hawthorn leaves. I see hawthorn as being potentially one of the most important supplements that people of a mature age should think about sensibly taking. Health naturally today. And Tony's rung in from Belmont. And Tony, you've got a question about a different herb. Uh, yes, I've, I've been talking about this adrenal tone on uh, 60 years of age, don't drink or smoke, but trying to lose weight, and I think they think the adrenal gland's not working. I'm just not sure. Okay, you're talking about a, a supplement that's being taken, Tony? Or, uh, well, I'm going, they're talking about for me to take it. I haven't got onto it yet. Okay. I thought I was going to ring okay. you and see what okay. you thought. Now, why would you want to go on it? Have you a health problem? Or, no, or, no, no, no. A little bit for uh, lethargy. The doctor okay. wants me to lose uh, about 10 kilos. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I've just been talking to people, and some people suggested that, okay. that, that this is a, you know, um, a, a good herb. But no, I haven't, uh, okay. haven't decided anything. Well, you've mentioned um, a, a word there, adrenotone. Is that the preparation that's been recommended to you? Yes, okay. yes. Look... I don't know much about this preparation. It seems to me that this is not the name of a herb. It would seem to me to be the name of a product. Adren yeah. Adrenotone implies yeah. that this has some relationship to the adrenal gland. Yeah. Now, um, the adrenal gland is a pretty important gland in the body and um, is associated with the production of important hormones, cortisone and adrenaline. Now, it, uh, in our profession, in our profession... We subscribe to the view that uh, stress, whether it be physical stress, biological stress or social stress, can place undue demands on the body and this can lead to uh, stressful uh, situations and can cause, we believe, health problems. And so in our profession we talk about a group of herbs that are known as adaptogens, A-D-A-P-T-O-G-E-N-S. Now adaptogens are pretty well known and they are represented in herbs like uh, ginseng, both Korean ginseng and Siberian ginseng. They're represented in herbs such as gotcha cola. They're represented in herbs uh, such as, uh, well, even uh, the uh, remarkable remedy that we speak about, astragalus. Now, let me just say that these are herbs that are usually recommended when there are signs and symptoms of, um, of what you might call stress, when the person is, is not functioning at a level that they're happy with, where there's a stressful event happening in their life or where they're working through a stressful episode. The herbs that I've mentioned, along with others, are purportedly seen to support the adrenal gland in adapting to the stress that it's confronted with. The whole theory of adaptogenic action was developed by the Canadian physiologist, uh, Dr. Hans Solier. He developed the stress theory, and the stress theory then led to uh, the idea in natural medicine of supporting the adrenal glands, which we argue uh, can help the body when it's under stress. 
I would see that there's no great need for this as a general tonic unless there are some unless there are some specific uh, conditions occurring as a practitioner I wouldn't see this as something that I would be recommending to everyone I would see it as something that I would recommend to a person that presented with what I would consider some stress being placed on the adrenal gland and its ability to sustain the stress that the individual was experiencing. I'd be a little bit cautious about just taking it as a supplement. It's probably a very good supplement, but um, unless you fit the clinical picture, I, I, would, uh, I wouldn't uh, be prescribing it without some indications. <laughs> Answering your question one way thank or you. another, Tony. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Two on your RFM's health naturally, and Dennis, we have a call from Brian. He's rung in from Eraring. Brian, you're a little concerned about some short-term memory loss. Is that right? Yeah. Hi. Um, we're actually ringing about my wife. Um, uh-huh. I've just because of listening to the show last week hearing about ginseng, just wondering whether that or other things would help. Okay. I mean, she is in you know great physical good, condition, good. but clear to me that over the last year or so, yeah. short-term memory loss has become an issue. Okay. Brian, uh, is your dear wife taking any medication? No. Okay, that's good, because um, I have a view that some medications uh, can affect short-term memory loss. Um, but in your wife's situation, she's not on any medication. And how old is your dear wife, Brian? She's turning 70 this year. Okay, okay. Just one other thing, if yeah. I can add. We, sure. I have been to the doctor yes. and talked about it. So she has had blood tests for any vitamin deficiency, yes. but no signs of that, no. um, etc. I mean, she's you know had MRI and other things. Sure, but, sure. It, so. it, it, we can see it perhaps as what we might refer to as a deficit associated with ageing. But look, um, I believe, as you would expect me to believe, based on what I have said, that ageing is something that we can work against. Now, I know all the cynics out there uh, probably question this, but uh, that's my viewpoint, and I wouldn't be in natural medicine saying the things that I do say unless I firmly believed that as human beings we can do things for ourselves that resist the deficits of ageing, one of which may be faltering memory. Now, based on that, I have been talking in recent times about the remarkable remedy uh, ginseng, Panax ginseng, uh, sometimes known as Korean ginseng. And I extol that as one of the most important supplements that people in, in our age bracket should be contemplating taking. But having said that... Um, the reading that I have done and the lecturing I have done on the herb ginkgo biloba allows me to say that I see it as being perhaps potentially the best uh, remedy to consider uh, taking, even when the symptoms begin to occur, preferably be, uh, taking the ginkgo as a means of slowing down, lessening, perhaps not saving, but lessening the rapidity of further memory loss. And I quoted last week, I think, and I've quoted it many times, the, the, the referenced uh, by the, the great German uh, medical practitioner and phytotherapist. Phytotherapist is a technical term referring to a medical yeah. herbalist. Um, Dr. Weiss, in his book, the English translation simply entitled 
Herbal Medicine, comes out in a magnificent monograph extolling the virtues of ginkgo biloba, and one of those virtues is to address memory loss, recall, as well as other symptoms of ageing that begin to assert themselves, I believe, uh, in the stage where your dear wife is at. I, I would be, um, and seeing she's not taking any medication, that makes it very, very much easier for her, in my opinion, to begin to use it. Um, there is some reservations about prescribing it when uh, patients are on fairly uh, significant medications, such as blood thinners, but she's not on any medication. And your doctor's done all the correct groundwork by making sure there is nothing uh, in a blood profile that could explain this. Go down the European pathway. Read Vice if you can get hold of it, or I'm sure you'd be able to Google it, the section from his book on that. If I was in your situation, I would use ginkgo biloba. It is a herb that I take, and and I also take, by the way, ginseng, and I also take hawthorn. Why do I take these things? Not because I'm some fanatic who wants to keep buying this supplement or that supplement, I believe there are people that do that, but I take these things because my reading uh, enable, and my practice enables me to see that these are things that have credible uh, justification for being recommended for people at a particular ageing stage of their life to resist some of the things that your dear wife is experiencing. And as you've said, if you're not on any other medication, yes. it can't do you any harm. Now, well, put it this way. There can always be idiopathic reactions. And even taking a herb that is declared to be safe, a stupid usage of it arguably can create problems. There's no such thing as a safe medication, no such thing as a safe herb per se. That's my opinion. But you would not be able to purchase the preparation without script unless it was considered uh, uh, safe by our government authorities and safe for purchasing over the counter. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. Thank you. Good. And thank you for your call, Brian. We're moving to Rutherford now. Anne, now you've got some problems with fibromyalgia and uh, the pain coming from that. Is that what you'd like to ask Dennis about? That's correct. Uh, Dennis, um, my uh, a family member has um, a fairly bad pain through fibromyalgia yes, yes. and um, back pain. And yes. from, from scoliosis, hip pain, knee pain, yeah. and arthritis, yeah. So she's in a bad way. And yes. so um, the doctors have been giving her Pendol 40 yes. Yes. at one stage, but then they stopped that. Yes. And then they've given her a whole lot of other um, mm. painkillers. And she went to a pain specialist, yes. which cost her a fair bit of money. Mm. And all they did is just turn around and said, oh, I can't help you. You're, you're too old. And um, so I just thought that uh, okay. I'm... I've, I listen to you all the time, and my father used to go to you. And... Oh, how about that? Well, look, in my opinion, there's a few things that would be yes. worthwhile and recommending um, yes. to this dear lady. Um, there is a herb in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia uh, called Devil's Claw. Now, Devil's, I know it sounds a terrible name, um, yes. but it's named after a herb that was um, found in southwest Africa and made very, right. made very popular when that was a German colony. So it found its way into European medicine, and I say medicine because in Europe uh, natural drugs are prescribed much more frequently than what they are in English-speaking countries. And devil's claw um, is a useful herb 
for myalgic conditions. And it would be one that I would recommend uh, she try. It's not expensive and it is it is safe. When I say safe, safe uh, in re- within reason. In other words, if your uh, dear sister or a relative was taking uh, a lot of other medication, uh, yep. any herb obviously needs to be uh, looked at in the context of what uh, that person might be taking. But I have... Prescribed devil's claw, botanically known as Harpagophytum, for many, yep. many, many years. And in the right dose, I have seen some pleasant relief from some yep. levels of myalgic conditions. I would so where rec- do I get that? Oh, from? look, uh, you're in Rutherford, aren't you? That's okay. Correct, yes. Look, um, I'm sure they would have it there. Have you got a health food store in Rutherford? Uh, yes, we've got one in Maitland, yes. Okay. And well, well, I'm look, coming down to Hamilton okay. as well. Well, any. any um, compounding pharmacist or any pharmacist particularly these yep. days is likely to have uh, a counter with herbs and supplements on it go and see your local pharmacist or your local health food store always yep. always support your, your local uh, people yep. uh, mention devil's claw to them mention yep. mention my name and my recommendation i would give right. that i would give that a try the other thing is this just as a throw a throw in as well I've yes. mentioned on this program the herb meadowsweet. Now, meadowsweet is a lovely, safe uh, European herb, which is a good support remedy for herbs that have a different chemistry. Uh, Harpagophytum has a different chemistry altogether to the herb meadowsweet. It's a lovely herbal tea uh, that can be taken, which has some uh, anti-inflammatories and mild analgesic characteristics. There's a, there's a duo that yep. could be worthwhile trying. And it is two in your RFM's Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart today. Greg uh, has contacted us from Musselbrook. Now, Greg, you've got, oh, it sounds like an awful thing, a sore on the leg that won't heal. Yeah. Hello, Greg. Good, mo- good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, well, indeed. Greg, uh, whereabouts on your leg is the, the, the sore, as you call it? Yeah, it's um, about um, one hand from the ankle. Okay. Now, is it an ulcer? No, no. Okay. Is it open and discharging? Yes. Okay. How long have you had it for? Oh, quite a while. Um, I think about eight months or more. Has your doctor had a look at it? Yeah, well, I went and seen him. He's Indian. And he sort of said, oh, well, here, get some antibiotics. Okay. Oh, no, I asked for some antibiotics, thinking okay. that will heal it. Okay. Look, what I suggest you do, uh, yeah. your, your doctor was correct in prescribing the antibiotic because yeah. uh, infections um, require an antibiotic yeah. uh, now, and yeah. particularly where that is. The problem with uh, a lesion like that that's not healing around your ankle is that it can in time develop into what's called a varicose ulcer. So oh, you, have, right. you have to be very cautious. What yep. what I will do, um, if you ring my rooms in New Lambton, I will happily send you free of charge a jar of my honey ointment. Yep, and thank you. That, in my opinion, has a good possibility of healing the ulcer. Now, yep. I'm, not, I'm not promoting my practice or product. It's just no, no, it's difficult no. to get. And I have seen, yep. I have seen, people won't believe it, I have seen ulcers and, yep. and slow healing wounds particularly yeah. in the varicose area of, 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 of the leg, yep. respond to honey ointment like nothing yep. else. 
Ring my rooms. I'll make sure that you're sent one, sent one compliments of the station free of charge. And what's your um, well, number? Just yeah, go, go if you the... stay on the line, um, oh, yeah. Thank Greg, you. then thank I'll you. get yeah, Sally you. to give you the number. So stand thank by. You. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we are going now to Dudley. And on in Dudley we have Joe. And Joe, headaches are always a problem, aren't they? Hello, Joe. Um. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Got you there? We were all connected. So, yeah, tell us about your problem. Yes, a bit of a simple one, really. Um, um, Just after a uh, recommendation on a herbal alternative to um, um, paracetamol or Panadol, um, just mainly to do with a common sort of headache. Um, um, What what I'm finding is... um, Panadol doesn't really seem to do much to me at all. Um, I usually go for something a little bit rich for something a bit stronger, usually if I need it, something with some codeine in it. Um, you know, I was just wondering, um, you know, is there a good quality um, herbal alternative that, um, that may help? Joe, I'm always reluctant to give um, off-the-cuff responses to, to questions um, about headaches because headaches can be associated with many conditions. And uh, yeah. I'm just um, I'm wondering whether or not, um, if this condition has been there for some time, whether you've been to see your doctor and had investigation. Um, truth be told, actually, the, the headache this morning is um, is a bit is a bit of a hangover actually from um, um, drinking a little bit too much last night. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, look, no headache should just be treated casually. It should always particularly if it persists or recurs, it should always be investigated. So my best advice uh, to you is see your GP, see what's going on, where's the pain coming from, and, um, yeah, you might be advised just to be cautious about uh, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure, no, no problem. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks, thanks very you know, much, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, can, can I ask you just, um, just another quick one as well? Or, or okay, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, just generally speaking, um, wild lettuce. Um, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on, on wild lettuce? Um, well, wild, you know, I'm just talking to, generally speaking. Wild, wild lettuce is like all lettuces, only this one is not pleasant to eat. It grows in the wild, it's thorny, and the reason that um, you're talking about it is there's some literature that talks about a substance called lactuca, which is, the yeah. act, which is a white sap in um, part of the lettuce and particularly in what's called wild lettuce. Look, um, it's very anecdotal. As far as I'm concerned, there's no serious uh, argument to be made for using any species of lettuce uh, for, for dealing with, uh, with pain or headaches. I wouldn't go there. Um, see your doctor. All the very best with that. And uh, Jack is on the line now from Raymond Terrace. Jack uh, Tinnitus. Yes, yeah, I've been, it's been coming and going now on and off for probably about uh, 18 months yes. and it's getting more and more severe with each sort of bout, you know? Yes, of course. So you, you're having episodes of it, are you, Jack? Like it'll come and then it will go, but it's, be- yeah. but it's becoming more regular. Yeah, 
I'm also I'm also I'm wearing hearing aids and everything at present too. I've got a bit of a deafness problem, okay. and uh, I've, I've got hearing aids and everything from the Department of uh, through Veterans Affairs and everything. Yes. But this this tinnitus thing that's really getting to me, okay. you know. Have you had a discussion with your doctor about it? Yeah. Look, he said, look, I'm in the same boat as you. He said, I can't fix it. Okay. Well, look. Um, and, and and your doctor is right in talking about the stubbornness of this condition, but yes. again, but again, um, there is a reference to the use of ginkgo biloba, long term, as being a credible treatment for some levels of tinnitus. Now, oh, I, I, I base that statement on a, on a text that talks about the herb being confidently uh, referred to or even recommended by by the European. Uh, health department there's a special name they give to it i have the text on my desk in my uh, rooms and i am i have no problem based on my knowledge of ginkgo in saying that a quiet perseverance with the ginkgo may and let me say may based on the literature the european literature and the findings of european health departments it might be useful to give it a try but let me just say um, if you're going to go down the ginkgo pathway don't expect a resolution of it overnight the, right. the, the literature talks about having to be on it for a very long period of time months and months so oh, if, okay. you, if you're not prepared to go that pathway well then I can't think of anything other uh, that might be of help in addressing this wretched condition I'd like to give it a bit of a try. I've got are you to do on, something. Are you, on, are you on other medication, Jack? No. Oh, look, I'm, okay. on, I'm on medication for um, uh, uh, cholesterol. I have a okay. slightly raised cholesterol, okay. but I'm on, okay. yeah. Well, I, uh, I can't see any reason why the taking of ginkgo biloba um, couldn't be uh, safely uh, taken. There's no, as far as I'm aware, yeah. there's no potential for it to interact. Obviously, you should mention what you're doing to your GP. Oh, yes. It might help him as well. Oh, yeah. He, he probably will benefit. He's the same age as me too. Well, here you go. <laughs> oh, all the very best with that, Jack. Um, now, from Broadmeadow, Stephen has rung in, Dennis, and uh, you've got a comment to make about uh, Greg, who rang in before with his chronic sore on his leg. Yeah. Hi, Peter. No, we've got Dennis here. Um Sorry, Dennis, I beg your pardon, sorry. Good. Hello, (laughs) how are you, Stephen? Sorry, I'm I'm thinking of someone else, Dennis. Um, Look, your advice is right in as far as you say, but someone who's had a leg ulcer for eight months, there's a fairly good chance that that may be a skin cancer on his leg, either a basal or squamous cell cancer, either out of the blue or developing from an ulcer. So that chap needs to go and see his GP or another GP and quite possibly will need a biopsy of that just to check that that's not what's going on rather than just use medicinal honey per se. I would totally agree with you there. And uh, anyone that's heard me give advice on this program knows that I always encourage people to have their condition looked at medically. And that chap with that lesion um, had been to see a doctor, as you would know, but it's good advice that if the condition uh, has deteriorated, perhaps seeing another general practitioner or even specialist to get an opinion on it. But having said that, if it's not a a lesion of that nature, uh, something like uh, honey, not just medicinal honey, 
but particular honey ointment with other constituents, including allantoin, might be a benefit to him. And thank you for that suggestion. That's uh, always good to bring that up too, Very much isn't so. it? Thank you, Stephen. Mick uh, from Tanilba Bay. Now, general health you're after. A comment from Dennis on that, is that right? That is correct, yes. Hello, Mick. Hello, Dennis. How are you going? I'm very well. How can I help you? Well, I've been listening to your program mm. now for quite a time. I've, look, I've, I've gathered a lot of information, and you always seem to come up with ginseng, uh, this ginkgo, yes. salobo, yes. so I'm pronouncing that properly. Yes. Yeah. For general health and, um, like, anti-aging properties, etc. Mm. Now, last year I suffered a cardiac arrest Yes. I was gone for 20 minutes. Yes. Before that, I was exercising quite frequently, yes. like six times a week. Yes. But since that's happened, I'm finding it very hard to get back into that sort of same um, program. I'm on and off, you know, and I seem to suffer mentally a bit. Of course. Getting yes, that course. right psychology back, you know, like the motivation. Yes. Would that help any way with that or...? Look, what I would suggest you do, based on what you've been hearing and obviously noting, anything you do, uh, particularly with your history, should be run past your medical managers. Um, Most of the things that I refer to, in my opinion, are safe. But as I said today, at the end of the day, nothing is safe per se. And with your situation, I know the sort of medications you might be on. Anything you take, therefore, uh, should be looked at from the perspective of is there a likelihood they might clash? Have a yarn with your GP to start with. Most of them these days have some understanding of herbs and interactions and it can easily come up on the computer. No, that's a good point. We did mention before about blood thinners. Now yes. they've taken me off blood thinners after 12 months after good. the incident. Good. So like... That's what they said. The cardiologist said, "Look, I'm fine." He took me straight off that. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, in that um, in, in, in yeah. that in that case in that case, run past your medical managers, your cardiologist. Most cardiologists would have some understanding of ginkgo biloba. I would think certainly. I've, that's the feedback I've had from many of my patients. I would think that uh, ginkgo would be worthwhile discussing with your cardiologist, particularly seeing now that you're not on any um, so-called blood-thinning medication. Right-o. No, so, yes, no, that's a good point. Right-o, I'll discuss it with me, doctor yeah. and my cardiologist. Sir. Good on you. Right-o, so would that, would that assist but with those sort of issues? Or? Look, it depends. Nothing is, uh, is a magic bullet. Um, it may help to some degree with some aspects of your problem, but obviously to say yes, it will or, or it won't in, in a couple of minutes on the radio is inappropriate. Follow the advice that I have said, and um, that's the starting base for it, Mick. To a new RFM's health naturally. And Dennis Stewart, you always do talk about making sure your medical manager, your GP, your specialist, if you're on a specialist, is um, is okay with is is Look, up to date of on course, what you're planning I think, to do. Uh, I think it's uh, it's a good point that you've raised. I, listeners will, will know for years. I have always prefaced the information or seek always to preface the information I give by ensuring that patients have been investigated, that they've seen their good GPs, they make, they've made sure that what they're talking about uh, has been adequately defined 
so that any recommendation that can be made can be made safely. So uh, that's important, I say to all listeners. Your general practitioner is your frontline person for looking at what's happening to you, giving you advice and seeking to help you. Complementary medicine must be seen in that context as complementing, supporting, if you like, particularly those areas of healthcare where the mainstream approach perhaps is not doing what people expect and where very frequently uh, herbs and uh, minerals in complementary medicine can achieve results which the mainstream can't. In that uh, context, in that environment, the two systems, mainstream medicine dependent on the skills of our GPs and specialists, complementary medicine based on the skills of herbalists and naturopaths and nutritionists, both those can work together to give people in this day and age a much better outcome, in my opinion. Yes, well, it's always best Mm. to get the best of... All worlds, Absolutely, isn't it? Jane. Absolutely. <laughs> and well that's put. what well we put. like to do <laughs> well on this program. And uh, Jennifer's rung in from Fassifern now, Dennis, and uh, she's – well, hello, Jennifer. You can ask Dennis your question yourself. You're wondering about how much medicine you can take? Yeah, uh, what I wanted to know was if you're taking uh, a number of herbal remedies mm. – can they interact with one another or counteract one another, I okay. should say? Okay, look, generally speaking, no, but can it happen? Yes. There are, uh, with herbs, there are different categories of herbs. Many herbs can be referred to as being basically foods. For instance, when you're talking about, um, well, slippery elm, it's a food as well as a medicinal herb. Um, you're talking, and you can talk about herbs as as pleasant teas, such as chamomile and lemon balm. Those sorts of things are very innocuous and and most unlikely to interact. But then you start to move up the ladder to deal with what I refer to as more medicinal uh, type herbs, herbs such as uh, licorice, herbs such as echinacea, herbs such as golden seal. In that context, those remedies can occasionally interact and occasionally also can interact with mainstream medicine. And then you can move further up the ladder and deal with what are called powerful herbal remedies. And these remedies are restricted uh, to a script from the doctor or available only from the pharmacist. And certainly they're the herbs that can interact either with each other or with more likely uh, medications that a patient might be taking. Now, I know that's been all around the world, but I guess I'm saying it depends upon what sort of herbs herbs you're using and why you are using them. And what I would like to say, Jennifer, is this, that taking a lot of things, a lot of supplements, whether they be vitamins, minerals or herbs, is not the answer to good health. You've heard me talk uh, over the last couple of sessions about herbs that I believe very strongly in as things that have the potential to help us fight against some of the deficits of ageing. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying there is a particular condition for which recommendation of natural remedies, in my opinion, is very sensible. What is not sensible is where a person walks into a retail outlet and uh, looks at all the promotional literature and comes out with an armful of supplements believing that's going to do them better. It's not, and in that context there could be interaction 
Herbs should only be taken to achieve particular health benefits. They should not be taken uh, ongoingly with, with, with ignorance. Does that answer your question, Jennifer? It does, yes, to a point, yes. Okay. <laughs> Enough for the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just curious because you hear of uh, people saying, now I, I take this, yes, I, say yes. I take fish oil and I take magnesium. Yes, yes. Um, and I've got wondering. an eye. Mm. And I often wonder, yeah, whether that is a good thing or not. Jennifer, what I would say there is, uh, I can see where you're coming from and I agree, but let me come back to the point that these sorts of preparations would not be permitted to be purchased without script uh, un- unless it was considered that they are reasonably safe, um, as distinct from uh, multiple prescribed medications. I haven't seen that much interaction with natural remedies, albeit I have tried fairly today to put it into context. It could happen, and I certainly don't encourage people to willy-nilly keep adding to what they're taking, hoping that that will improve their health profile, when in fact it could lead to some sort of interaction. Yes. Um, Thank you very much for your call, Jennifer. It's uh, always good. There was a comment from Ingrid who rang Mm. in from Maitland, Dennis, to say in Germany they do things, well, her nephew, who's a doctor there, uh, does things a little differently. All medical practitioners there go down the herbal path before prescribed medication. Well, isn't that the the way that um, that Dr Weiss... um, I've used Weiss's book for 25 to 30 years as a standard text to lecture from to my students. And there's a very important... I mention this to medical students and pharmacists that I do know listen to this program. I was surprised yesterday to have a very eminent uh, pharmacist present to my rooms who listens to the program. We had a good discussion. And that dear lady also has a European background. And she, like uh, Dr Weiss in his book, um, agrees that uh, herbal medicine... Um, should be considered as an option uh, in many cases before one goes down uh, the pharmaceutical pathway. Vice in his book says medicine is practised on four principles. Number one, communication. You need to be able to talk to a patient, to listen, to counsel and give advice. Secondly, medicine needs to use the herb, perhaps as a first option. Thirdly, if the herb doesn't work, go down the pharmaceutical pathway And fourthly, if that level of medicine doesn't work, it may well need surgery. Um, So I subscribe very strongly to the European concept, and listeners would have heard me over many years refer to the European way of practising medicine and the regard that European practitioners, pharmacists and medical practitioners have for the gentle herb that many of them were raised on as children. And now Greg has rung in from Rutherford, and this is a different Greg. Mm. <laughs> Hello, Greg. And uh, you've got a question about vitamin E, is it? Yes, yes, I have. Hello, Greg. Hello, uh, Dennis. I'm just wondering, vitamin E, mm. I bought some vitamin E uh, 1000 yeah. IU, mm-hmm. and uh, is it okay to go straight onto them and take uh, uh, one capsule a day, or okay. should I build up first? Look, if it's out there and can be purchased across the counter without anything else, that product must have sustained therapeutic goods administration monitoring. Uh, in other words, the dosage on it um, would have had to meet uh, 
uh, TGA requirements for that particular product. Oh, so right. I, I would, and this is something that listeners should appreciate. In this country, uh, it's very difficult, well, if not illegal, for a therapeutic product to be put out into the marketplace with claims that haven't been passed by the TGA or with dosages that doesn't comply with the levels that the TGA is considered to be appropriate. So we're pretty safely uh, guarded against this. But having said that, vitamin E is vitamin E. It is a fat-storable vitamin. Uh, it should not be taken, in my opinion, in higher dosages than those that are recommended as the daily average dosage. Now, I'm sure that level you talk about would have to meet that, but it's worthwhile r- running past your pharmacist and just be aware that it is a fat-storable vitamin and therefore has some potential to, to accumulate. And thank you very much for your call, Greg, and all the very best with that. In our last minute, Dennis, and uh, what, a, what an interesting range of topics we've had today. We have wandered all over the, the countryside, some very sensible questions and some very challenging uh, questions and statements, which I appreciate. I think we had a good time today, Jane. We did have a good time. I hope we all had a good time. I hope we've kept everyone on side. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, always a good thing. Uh, We will be back with Health Naturally next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM.